Chart Chat is a member of the Tiege.fm network from WTJU Radio. Find out more at Tiege.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. Hello, everybody. It's Monday, July 1st, 2019. I'm Tanner Green, and you're listening to Chart Chat, your weekly guide to the past week of pop singles hitting the US and UK charts. As the prophecy foretold, or as Caitlin mentioned a couple weeks ago, she is out this week. She's abroad in Portugal doing exciting things. And so that means it's a solo episode. going to be pretty brief, especially because I don't terribly have a ton to say about much of anything hitting the charts this week. But we will run through the debuts real quick here. At number 100, Justin Moore debuts with the ones that didn't make it back home. At number 97, we've got Ali Gatti with the song It's You. Marshmallow featuring A Day to Remember debut at number 92 with the song Rescue Me. Sanctuary by Joji debuts at number 80. From there, we go to a posse cut. We've got Dreamville featuring J.I.D., Boss, J. Cole, Earth Gang, and Young Nudie with their song Down Bad debuting at number 75. And then from there, hopping up to number 35 where Drake debuts with Omerta. And then number seven, cracking the top ten, Drake again, this time featuring Rick Ross, debuts with Money in the Grave, and the latest song to be denied the top spot on the Hot 100. This time it's Taylor Swift at number two, You Need to Calm Down. And like I said at the top of the show, I've admittedly kind of struggled in terms of thinking of things to talk about with these songs. I feel like I should at least mention the Taylor Swift track. Odds are, if you're listening to this podcast, you've already heard it, and you've already probably heard a lot of the surrounding hubbub the gnashing of teeth, the controversy over Taylor Swift's purported allyship to the LGBT community. People are a bit torn or up in arms. Some feel like it's a welcome piece of advocacy, inviting people to donate to GLAAD and to write the representatives in support of the Equality Act. Others feel like it is a shallow attempt to cash in on Pride Month and position herself as some sort of champion of the LGBT community when she has previously been less than vocal about that. You can kind of imagine how that sort of conversation goes. It tends to follow the same sort of trajectories that a lot of online conversations do. And if it sounds like I'm a little exasperated by the whole thing, it's because I am. All I'll say is that I'm sure the people at GLAAD appreciate the influx of donations that they have seen in the wake of this song's release. And for all the song's shortcomings, which I admittedly think are pretty plentiful, I think it's rather unremarkable. I think as a piece of advocacy, you could do a lot worse, and I'm not entirely sure now is the time to get too invested in in fighting, let's say. But in terms of playing clips of songs, the one I want to focus on for just a little bit, it's Drake, specifically Omerta, but I'm going to briefly talk about his latest EP, which is called The Best in the World Pack, titled after his hometown basketball team, the Toronto Raptors, won the NBA Finals this year. And honestly, while I think both of these songs are actually pretty good, it, right off the jump, reminded me of how in the lead-up to Scorpion's release last year, he released another two-song EP titled Scary Hours, which had God's Plan and Diplomatic Immunity. And honestly, this EP kind of follows a similar format. You've got the more lyrically-focused track on Scary Hours. It was Diplomatic Immunity. Here it's Omerta. And then you've got the more radio-focused track on 
Scary Hours, that was God's plan. And here on the Best in the World pack, that's Money in the Grave, boosted by a Rick Ross feature, which I'm always admittedly excited to see. But this EP comes at a time when Drake is clearly making some sort of noises on social media and the like about an upcoming album. And so what better way to whet everyone's appetite for more Drake than with this little EP. And just to spice things up, let's listen to a little bit of a clip from the track that I find a little more interesting between the two, even though, like, again, like I said, they're both worth your time. Probably already heard it, but if you haven't, this is Omerta. Is overreacting. That's how we continue down the path of Jordan and Jackson. That's some insight for y'all, even if no one's asking. Last year, really feel like they rode on me. Last year, got hot because they told on me. I'm about to call the bluff of anybody that fold on me. I'm buying the building of every door that closed on me. Yeah, Laura Piana and Brioni, the one and only. Champagne Papa, the love doctor. Your baby mother called me when she lonely. My tailor see me twice a week, he like my homie. Forever grateful, forever thankful. Diamond necklace, but she wears it on her ankle. The trendy. My enemies send each other the text that they could never send me. I'm banking two million a show for the residency. Nevada Gaming Commission in a frenzy. How much money can this casino lend me? Ripping markers up over shots of the Henny. Vivid memory, can someone send me? So again, I don't exactly have a ton to say about this song. It doesn't feel particularly different from some of the stuff you found on Scorpion. So it's not going to change your opinions on Drake on the album Scorpion. I thought Scorpion was excellent, so I think this song is pretty good. Even if it's got the allusions to the Pusha T beef that are kind of tiresome. But what I really want to focus on is this idea of the EP format. I've been thinking about it a lot more over the past weeks. I don't think it's necessarily anything new to notice that an increasing number of artists are releasing music in an EP format more quickly than a regular album cycle. We talked about Miley Cyrus's projected trilogy of EPs that are going to constitute her album. Back when we talked about Luke Combs, Beer Never Broke My Heart, that wound up showing up on an EP that came out a couple weeks ago. There's the Florida Georgia Line EP last year that was kind of inexplicable, but did foreshadow their album that eventually came out earlier this year. There's, of course, Lil Nas X's EP... And I find myself thinking a lot about if audiences have different expectations from an EP than they do from an album. In asking this question, I don't have an answer. I'm still kind of mulling this over. But in the case of Drake, in the case of Scary Hours or the Best in the World pack, since you only have two songs on this EP, is there any sort of way to wrap your head around this release as a broader whole? Or do you think of it as a sort of current analog to 45 RPM singles from the way back when we have the A side and the B side. I don't know. Let us know your thoughts. Tweet us. Email us. Again, pretty quiet week despite some really big debuts. And that's going to do it for us. Stay tuned for a full meaty episode with Caitlin and I next week. Get in touch with us via email at chartchatcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at chartchatcast. Thanks to Coronation Media for a cover art and intro theme. Thanks to Tej.fm for having us on the network. Find out more at Tej.fm. That's T-E-E-J.fm. Thanks again for listening to Chart Chat. I'm Tanner Green, and we'll catch you next week.